Happy New Year, everyone. This week on Leather Talk, our guest is Rafa from Chicano Design. We talk about how he got into wet shaving, graphic design, and how design plays a role in our purchases. Stay tuned for the episode, coming right up. Welcome to Lather Talk. This is the first episode of 2020, and uh, so we're back again uh, with my co-host Gerard. Hey, what's up, everyone? And we have special guest Rafa from Chicano Design. How you guys doing? Welcome. Uh, thank you so much for coming on today's episode, Rafa. Uh, one big thing is uh, we just want to hear a little bit about Rafa's kind of story of wet shaving and how he's kind of contributing into the community right now. So. Rafa, why don't you uh, first off share, how did you get into wet shaving in the first place? Well, thanks guys for having me. Uh, I am honored to have been your first guest of this 2020, of the decade. So starting out, it's probably going to ruin your podcast. So good choice. <laughs> I got started about five and a half years ago, give or take, it could be six. It's really strange, I'll go really quick into this because it becomes a ridiculous story, but it's, it's so ridiculous, I have to tell it. I ran out of Barbasol shaving cream and I was going to go to the store and I was already shopping on Amazon, not a sponsor. But I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna look for shaving cream on Amazon. <clears throat> and the price was like three times what it is at the store at the time on Amazon, must've been shipping. I'm like, what the heck? And then all of a sudden, you know, algorithms suggest things to me and they start popping up a bunch of these old school shavings. And that's pretty much how I got started. My very first actual soap was a non-scented WSP little tin. That was my very first soap. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. And then my second actual set, my, my actual soap was the Sapona uh, Ficho Veracino 70th year edition. That was my actual sec, full set. And when I started using that, I pretty much fell in love with shaving. And that's before I, was before I grew the beard out. Um, I, just, I just love the shaving process. I love the being in the bathroom, taking time for yourself, smelling good. I was always into clones. So that's pretty much how I just stumbled upon it. Just the internet and Amazon telling me, buy this. Nothing spectacular, but just so weird that it's because I ran out of Barbasol. So. <laughs> So a question for you, right? So what were, what were you using hardware-wise during, because uh, you got, got the WSP soap and the Saponico, uh, what was like your first brush? Because we've had some, we've heard some really funny stories about the rando brushes people start out with. <clears throat> yeah, the, the, my very first brush, I can't remember the first brush. I'll go to the, I'll go to the first razor immediately. Sure, sure. It was a, it was a Mercur 34C because People like us, in my opinion, I think, who go into the hobby and go down the rabbit hole, probably are big into researching stuff tons before they buy it. So after the soap, I said, well, what razor should I buy? And it was probably a week later because I shaved with my mock, whatever the heck I had at the time. And so a week, whenever that happened, I was on the on the internet reviews and you know comments, and it just wound up that the general consensus seemed like a good sturdy mild <clears throat> medium shave was the 34C. So my very, my first one was the 34C. That was also my first razor. 
for, for what it's worth. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think I saw the 34C, but then the 23C was like, it had the same sort of like ratings and then it was like $15 cheaper. So I ended up buying that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you were ahead of your time knowing <laughs> to do a budget buy instead. Uh, I always just say, you know, we think with our wallets first. And so it, yeah. it always starts, it, it started, it started there in, in the Amazon search. Yeah. Yeah. Geez, so Amazon is the second rise of wedge shaving besides Reddit and the Facebook groups. <laughs> <laughs> There's obviously uh, the story of how you got started, Rafa, but then uh, what I neglected to mention in my intro, and I, and I apologize, is that uh, you've collaborated on numerous soaps, and, and you've also designed uh, and kind of come up with a few soaps on your, on your own. So how did you get to the point of getting into wedge shaving, find out what you like, to... I want to have, you know, I want to help kind of uh, get this soap into existence. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how, how you got into that? Yeah, I did <clears throat> mention to you both before that I had a pretty interesting story. So what happened was I was on the, after being in the rabbit hole for a couple of months or maybe years, not months, must have been years. I don't know the timeline, but I was on the BST groups on Facebook. You know, I used to be part of all the groups, like everybody tries to be um posting the same shape of the day in all the groups for the same people to see which is at some point seems insane to me but if you do it that's okay and i was looking through the bst and i saw a mickey lee soap work soap called coco maya and it was used and it i don't know the, the guy wanted like 15 for it and at that point i thought what's use soap 15 so i message him hey can i get it for like 15 shipped you know that thing he, he's either, he either he, it either was a rare soap at the time I don't know or he was just playing hardball or thinking he must really want it I'm gonna keep getting or keep pushing for the full the full 15 plus the shipping so I was so irritated with that transaction that I, I was used to like yeah man sure whatever like I whenever I sold on BST it was like to move if it was worth 50 bucks 35 shipped like let's just 30 shipped let's go and so I was so irritated that at some point I saw that Olio Soapworks was doing the beginning, doing custom scents. Like you could buy a custom scent soap for like 25 or something. And I decided, hey, I'm going to ask Vida if she can make me a soap similar to a Coco inspired. It was Coco inspired. It, I've never smelled Coco Maya. So it was just like, I kind of want a Coco scent and I want to design my own, you know, Aztec type Maya design influenced label. So that's kind of what happened. I asked Vida, hey, if you do this custom, can I design the label? Like, can you just, can I send you the art and you print it? And she's like, yeah. And then it kind of snowballed. And a few other friends were, I was showing them the label I had made. And they're like, hey, I want one too. So we ended up making a little quick, small batch. I don't even know what it was, like 30 soaps. They're numbered. I don't know what they were now. The original ones up in the shelf. So that's kind of how I got the ball rolling. I had friends who wanted it. We got a little pre-sale and you know, I'm sure Vida was happy because she was expecting to just make one soap. And now it was kind of cool that she was doing something that was going to be like a collaboration without at the time knowing it was a collaboration. I didn't say, hey, I want to collaborate with an artist. And mm -hmm. that word wasn't in my vernacular, although I knew of others in the past that had done collaborations with older art, like uh, Shaver Heaven or whatever that was called. Yeah. yeah. People were doing things. I just, it was just not on my radar at all. 
So that's technically how it started is because somebody would not sell me Cocomaya at a lower price than I wanted. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I didn't realize that was your first soap. I remember, you know, maybe on Instagram, you, you probably posted it up or maybe other folks when they received it were sharing. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Your, your designs have a, a, a particular look. And uh, lighting, as you mentioned, but yeah, this is the yeah. second release of I called it Chocolate, so you can see. Yeah, and, and so for audio listeners at home, so Rafa was showing showing off his first design. Uh, I'll put in the show notes a link to to check it out. That's the, the skull motif. You would say that, that that has become very much part of your kind of your calling card, right? Yeah, <clears throat> and not. Definitely not by accident, but it's just seeped into the labels and the designs I was making because I've always had an affinity for for skulls. I have a few behind me. I have many skull-inspired art tattooed on me. I mean, I won't show you, but there's a lot of skulls in my house. So yeah, in general, <clears throat> I've always been drawn to skulls as a way for myself to know and remember I'm mortal and not really fear mm. death. Although when the time comes, I'm sure I'm going to be super afraid to die and no longer exist and you know, whatever, but that's kind of what draws me to it is the, whatever I'm scared of, mm. I just try to face. Awesome. Well, yeah, th- thanks for sharing that. I-, I had no idea that's how you got, <laughs> you stumbled into the collaboration process by accident, you know, very much so. So, so if that, that was your first soap, then what was, I'm guessing the next soap was a more kind of pre- premeditated as far as we're going to go in pre-orders you had i'm guessing another scent in mind that you wanted to see in a soap is, is that generally kind of how the how that creative process went yeah that's definitely how it went <clears throat> and actually escalated because more the more people saw the original chocolate release there a lot of people say hey we want one we want one why did you make so few and and i'm thinking like it was just for my friends i, I but we weren't trying to make up a, a, a lime product right like an oleo product and then we did a second batch. And then Pasteur's, Pasteur's however you pronounce it, mm-hmm. wanted some. So she, she sent them some. So we had some in their shop. And oh, wow. That's when I'm like, oh, wait, well, people kind of like it. And then I thought, well, maybe people like it because the art's a little bit edgier. It's, it's kind of like what some people might want. You know, old, old school or traditional men might think that doesn't look retail clean. It doesn't look, you know, down the middle. But then I knew other people really like something like that. <clears throat> So that's when I tried to pretty much put those two together. How do I put something that looks edgy, but something that looks nostalgic for an older crowd? And then that's where I designed, designed Dapper Man. I designed wow. Dapper Man to have that old school retro feel, but I superimposed a skull face on the man so that it still gave it that edge. But then Dapper Man, Dapper Dan, just float off the tongue. So I don't know, that, that's kind of how that came to existence. Is I wanted that. And I had a scent in mind. And then I eventually approached Vida and said, hey, would you want to do something again? And she was more than willing and interested in doing something like that. Oh, and, and uh, remind me, what was, what was the scent inspiration for, uh, for, for Dapper Man? The scent inspiration for Dapper Man was um, Beach Hut Man by Amouage. So that's so, still one of my favorite scents that I have. Rafa, do you think you're ahead you're kind of ahead of the curve though as far as getting niche niche sense into uh into the what shaving world i wouldn't say so i wouldn't say so um, <laughs> no? no i wouldn't say so there's been other people who had been using a little bit more niche sense in some of their colognes mm. i mean some of their soaps um the inspiration wasn't to piggyback off of them doing that but it was literally on 
me loving the scent and trying to figure out how I can get that into a soap in my den with a design. So I don't definitely don't want to take credit for that at all because no, it's just that I had exhausted my interest in designer sense. Okay. And at the time when I was doing that, there was what, eight artisans that all had Aventus, you know what I mean? So now no one's really doing Aventus as much, but. I was going to say, yeah. there's like still like 376, you know, artisans doing Aventus right now. Jeez. Jeez. Um, I just and that's that cool. Up. <laughs> I mean, it smells, no, no, I think that's an actual number. That sounds correct. <laughs> but, <laughs> but fact, um, fact so no, I, I definitely cannot take credit for that or pretend that I was the first at all. It was just a scent. I, and at the time, I didn't think niche versus designer. I just thought, mm. I want this scent. How do, I, how do we get those oils? How do we get somebody to put those oils in a soap? Yeah, I was going uh, to say, if I could just chime in, you know, something that I found, like, kind of within the community, and it sounds like your story kind of mirrors this, is that when someone creates something, you know, that usually will garner support and interest among, like, your friends and things like that. And so, you know, it was, you know, like one of our last episode, John and I talked about like, you know, FOMO, the fear of missing out. But in, in this case, you know, people are just like, man, that just, that's awesome. I want to, I do want to grab that, you know, like I would love to have that in my deck, you know, support you, support the product, you know, and, and stuff like that. And is that a factor in what makes you continue to, to do stuff like that nowadays? Um, I want to say it's definitely on my mind. It's still definitely on my mind to create something that my friends would like to see and support. It's not as big of a motivator as before, um, only because over time, this expectation of my all of my friends to buy one of my drops or whatever I created gets overwhelming and it's been getting overwhelming with as many things as I started to do. So then it kind of puts a burden on them that if they don't buy it, then they don't support me or not my friend. And that's not the case. Like I would tell them, hey man, don't buy this one. Like it looks really cool, but just it's the scent might not be as strong or the scent might not be for you. I'm going to send you a sample. So I kind of stopped doing that with that in mind because then it feels like, hey, man, guess what I'm doing here? It started to feel like a door-to-door salesman. Mm -hmm. And that's part of of my philosophy is to not push the soap. Not Like sales aren't above all for me. So that's pretty much kind of how it's evolved where it's not necessarily driven just by I want to do this so my friends buy it they have the they have the ability to but if they don't no hard feelings so it's pretty much now has it's been narrowed down to designs that i think a certain amount of people whether they're my friends or not or strangers certain people might be drawn to but that ultimately it's something that i would be happy with in my own shaving den that's kind of how i have to approach approach it now because i would take suggestions and opinions and at some point if it's not what I kind of want and people are going to criticize it and not like it anyways, at least I know I'm happy with what I did versus try to please everyone. And then people don't like it anyways. So, and that was a long winded answer, but. (laughs) No, I mean, I think that approach though, I mean, you could say, so that's, if if that was your kind of philosophy behind your, the, the soaps that you're putting out, the collaborations there, I feel like that overlaps with same thing, kind of like, when you know your design is kind of, you know, ready for game time, right? It's like you would be happy to display it, I'm guessing, in your in your own shave den, in your own portfolio of work, right? You wouldn't just leave it as is like, oh, that's, you know, that's 75% done, but it's good enough. I feel like you you push for that 
complete, at, you know, at least for your, as the creator, that yes. seal of approval, right? Yes, yes. And, um, and there is limitations to that. Sometimes some of the work that I do is just for hire and commissioned. So it's their vision that they want right. at a certain fee. Then, you know, I, I, I spend, you know, eight, 10 hours on something versus when I do something that's what I consider a straight collaboration that I pretty much thought up into existence, then, you know, that sometimes I've been 20, 25 hours just doing the art, refining it, mm-hmm. doing the, the setting labels, testing, you know. So it's, yeah, it's, when it's my true collaboration, I have some control of how much can I fine tune it? How, when is it actually done? What is it that I wanted to see? What did I want to execute that I couldn't do skill-wise, but I went out and learned how to do it? In, mm-hmm. during the process of making a label. I see. And I, I don't think we touched upon this, right? But is graphic design, is, is that your, it, would you say that that's more kind of something you got into on your own or is it something that you do uh, full-time? Oh yeah, it's definitely a side hobby. My, yeah, I, def, I work in the healthcare industry, so I have no formal graphic design training. Okay. Um, I think I stumbled upon Adobe Suite. Somebody had it, they gave it to me. And then I, it was like a trial, I think. And I liked it and I fiddled around and I ended up just buying one long mm. time ago with a ED, dot .edu discount. <laughs> when you have, if you have a dot .edu, you can yep. buy student rate software. So, so that's, that's how I got it. And it was just me fiddling around with it. I never even touched the Photoshop. I had no idea that was daunting. It was just the illustrator part. And then I kind of stopped. And it wasn't until this kind of came up that I said, let me see if I can still mess around with things and try and that's kind of how I got into it, but it's basically me doing this stuff sometimes from 11 at night, like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. when my family's sleeping so I don't wake them up or I'm not taking the family time away. But yeah, this is definitely not my profession and I'm only trying to get better every single project and it's pretty much all thanks to YouTube. So <laughs> You mean as far as like tutorials and like... Uh, tutorials and training that, yeah, and how yeah. to do this and yeah, it's pretty much... Um, Pretty much a credit to YouTube. Shout out to YouTube. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Offering free information and free tutorials. And podcasts too. <laughs> there we go. The check's in the mail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, I, I mean, for something that you're just learning, you know, may start out, start out as a hobby and then kind of had this project to these, these projects right, to kind of fine tune it, I have to say, but I think this, it's really it's beautiful. The, I did not know that Pastors had ordered, you know, uh, some, some from the early run. Chocolate? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I think you're right. It's just like, it's, it's different. It's different. It would definitely pop. It, it pops online. So on a store shelf, I can imagine some, someone passing by. With, it might not be for everyone, like you said, right? But yeah. if you just appreciate, you know, just graphic design art, something, something that looks nice, your label work definitely stands out. Good, good yeah, job. Th- thank you. Thank you. <laughs> good job there. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of equate it to, for example, I don't want to name someone personally, but artisan brush makers. I mean, I'm sure some of people's early work is like, oh, that's okay. You're, you're doing it. You like the hobby. You gotta, you're trying it. But then as you see some of those same people evolve and they're doing, you know, top tier work where you're like, wow. And then they're like, yeah, we're just, I'm a, I'm a regular guy too. I have a job, I have a family and I just have a shed and I happen to yeah to do this and it's the same thing it's the same thing just you you learn the craft to get better as you turn out thousands of brushes 
Um, the only thing I don't have the I don't have the benefit as of is for uh, an artisan if they're testing soaps, they sometimes have oh version one, version two, but they're selling it. not not like all the time, right? There's iterations of it, and you fine tune it. But sometimes you're like oh, this year I have the beta, and this year I have mm. whatever name, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to say names because I don't want to call people out like I'm criticizing them or brush makers. Oh, here's yeah. this flawed, here's this flawed brush for half off. Mm. I don't really get to do that. That's the one difference. I don't get to say, Hey, here's this half ass label. It's not that great, <laughs> but I'm going to make I don't know, some money on it. Anybody want it? So that's the one difference is that I don't, I don't get that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to kind of pitch you an idea. I don't know if you'll ever be able to do it, but you should just do a design completely in Crayola crayon you know, like real Crayola crayon and then just like send that to them and see if they'll scan it and put it on. <laughs> Some people might. Some people might put it on. You know? Uh, I have my son help me. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rafa, there's one thing that you mentioned earlier, uh, or at least it reminded me of, in that you took a break from social media, or at least I, I know on Instagram, and I, I feel like it was coupled with something that you mentioned that kind of deals with financial fiscal responsibility about even like when you're putting out a, a soap and you have friends, like, you know, you, you, you straight up have said, have said don't, buy my, <laughs> don't buy my soap, um, you know, unless like you, you love the scent, et cetera. Do you think, could you share a little bit about that, about that story? Yeah, no problem. Um, to the shaving world, it was perceived as I left social media. I mean, I always, I've always had two Instagrams, a personal and a design or a shaver. <laughs> yeah. um, I've always had two Facebooks. I mean, now it's been maybe three years without Facebook, right? But when I had, I had my shaver account where I was all in the groups and then I had my personal account. And only some friends would cross between the two. <clears throat> so I didn't take a, uh, a break from social media, but social media in the sweat shaving world, that is correct. And, and it was because I was getting into that, like you guys mentioned earlier, FOMO state. Like, oh, this. And then I said, oh, this, okay, this thing came out. And then this thing came out. And I, I kind of want to try this. And at some point, I'm like, this is, I'm, wasting, I'm spending too much time over here. I'm spending too much time all being money out instead of money coming in. Mm -hmm. So that's when I decided to, and I had been doing some designs and collaborations as Chicano Shaver. Then I decided, why don't I just take a break and I was going to cancel my account and then come back. And what happened was I just said, I didn't even know I could reactivate my old account. I reactivated it and changed the name and took off all my Shave of the Day pictures. So I'm not like advertising other artisans anymore. And pretty much 
that was the inception of Chicano design when I came back. And if people who happen to scroll through my Instagram, if, especially if you're on your phone right now, if you scroll down, you'll see uh, a nine square art of, it says Chicano Shaver, and it's the art. But now the new logo of that had the eyes X'd out. My old one had the, my old one had the brushes in the eyes. Oh, okay. I socket. So the X out, X bone meant Chicano Shaver's dead. And then that was kind of how the rebirth of the page and Chicano design came to be was that part is over. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be focusing on just designing and how I can help other artisans with labels or logos. So yeah, it was definitely just that it was just too much money going out, me wanting too much. And just the more you get involved, the more it sucks you in as everyone knows. Most of the people listening to this, are part probably in the same boat. I mean, why else, how else would you stumble upon a shaving podcast? You have to probably be looking for it or know about it. Mm-hmm. But it was really, it was, it was financially because I had a son, you know, I had a son and I thought, oh, am I, I'm spending too much money on soap. I should really be saving it or spending it on him. Um, it wasn't necessarily, I wasn't, you know, it wasn't hurting the pockets, but it just didn't seem responsible. Like when I could just, I don't need soap. I had so much soap. Everyone had so much soap. It's insane. So that's what it was about, was how can I get money? How can I generate income versus always spending it? So it doesn't sound very romantic, but it's just sometimes no, you mean, have but, to step but, away from, right? You have to step away from the love of the, of the hobby yeah. and say, well, what can I do to be involved in that? Limited to spending money or being a consumer. And same, that's why you guys are here. You guys are like, I love this, but I can't, fight with somebody on Reddit or Facebook groups about this all day. Let me start a podcast with my friend and we'll talk about it. Yeah, I would say that um, I'm probably in the same boat as where you were, uh, you know, expecting like my first in, in March in a couple months. But yeah, just like looking, I'm just like, man, that is so much soap. And then, it, and then you kind of see it not just as soap or, or shaving products. You see it like as the dollar amount. Oh, that's like $10. That's $15. Oh my gosh. I have like four, five, six hundred dollars that could have went to such and such a thing that I need because I definitely don't need all this soap, you know, uh, or whatever it might be. And yeah, I, I think definitely, you know, like being financially and fiscally responsible is important in everything. And at the same time, you like for you, you adjusted how you are involved within the hobby, within the community and things like that. And it just might be a way for some of us to um, kind of get like, you know, an eye-opening thing to say, yeah, maybe I should do the same thing also. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, and <clears throat> I definitely don't want to create camps of people who, you know, oh, be fiscally sound or, and don't. I love the hobby and the spend. I mean, we all have vices. We all spend money on something anyways. If your thing is soap and it's not hurting your, your wallet or your family or not, you know, you don't have to wait for your paycheck and you have that disposable income. I'm not saying it's wrong. Do it. Who cares? Oh, for sure. There's some people that can afford amazing razors and brushes. I have my friend, I won't, you know, he knows who he is, but he has amazing hardware, like some of the best, but he has it like that. So that's okay. That's fine. You know what I mean? That's, and, and even to some people that's relative. Some people are like, Oh, that's what you collect. $500 razors. Well, I have $500,000 cars. Like, it's all right. relative to your income right. and which for, you know, and your interest. 
people have guns to go. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So I'm for one Lamborghini for every <laughs> everything in which shaven. Exactly. Pretty easy decision there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think my way of thinking or point of view is the correct way. I just feel that if you need to look at things that way to have less stress in your life and ultimately make you happier, maybe you should give it a try. Just don't don't buy soap for a while or. But yeah, if you if if and even if you do, whatever, that's great. So whatever makes someone happy. I'm not posing, you know, as someone who knows more than anyone else. Someone has said everything I've said probably seven years ago. I mean, everything cycles from how you get into the rabbit hole to how you get back off, to how you dabble back in, to how you find a happy medium and you're just toggling. I like the hobby, but I'm not gonna go FOMO. You know what I mean? You're you're right. It's it, it goes in cycles and it's not necessarily new information, but Rafa, I really, I mean, just, I don't think there are that many people that take, or at least share kind of that part of the, the hobby as openly, because it's, it's a little different. Like, I think a lot of people are like, they're making purchases, they're hiding it from their spouse, they're hiding it from themselves, yep. and they don't realize how much they've spent. So I, I never, you know, I never took it as you going on a soapbox and, you, and you're like, you're, you are spending too much, you need to stop doing this. That was never you know, your perspective. And that's, that's not how me and Gerard want to uh, kind of come off that way either. It's just that it's good to be self-aware. And if you're not aware of exactly how you're engaging in the hobby, you know, that message that, that uh, and sharing kind of your, your story about it, I think it's a good, I don't know, it's a, it's a good check-in for, for yourself. And especially if you have something like children, <laughs> you, oh, know, yeah. I, you know, being in the same boat, Gerard will be in that same boat. Uh, that's such a good reality check. You're like, well, I could get, you know, my kid something really nice or, you know, get myself my 18th brush or something like that. Um, it's, it's, it's a good message. And I think it needs to be out there a little bit, you know, it needs to be out there a little more because uh, it's, it's also more, I guess, extreme way to kind of pull back uh, from the hobby. But I, I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm very much for it. And because if you're on Instagram, if you're on Facebook, whatever it is, and you're seeing shave of the days, right? It's kind of the subtle way where you're like, oh, I could really use that soap. Oh, I could really use that razor. I want to try this. I want to try that. You, you don't know it, but as you're looking at these, like, you know, nicely, framed photos uh that's other ways of kind of like a soft marketing to you no one is necessarily it it doesn't have to be from the artisan right or anything like that but it's still making you want to buy something else Uh, yeah 100 percent. and it is marketing and you know that's why i would joke i would say hey like for razor ruby i i said anybody it's they did a giveaway and we said whoever posts this blah 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 hashtag uh thank you for advertising for me like i i said it out and i put it out in public as a joke but also like this is what we do just so you guys know but you do it's that's why we give away a, a 20 dollar soap it's the amount of advertising you get from reposing is it's worth way more than 20 dollars mm-hmm. but i'm not afraid to say it because because i still try to be on that hobbyist consumer side i t- i i, I kind of ride that line you know i'm not a real artisan i don't have my, I don't have my business connected to I'm not an LLC and I'm not just straight consumer. So I'm like in the middle where I try to see both sides and I understand the cost and the work that goes into doing something, but I understand like, let's keep it 20 bucks. What's, 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 that's not, what's 25. Okay. So you take in a little bit less. Like, I mean, that's a big jump, but in general, let's pay a little more for that better label. 
Americans pay for better tub. Let's let's do that, you know. Um, so it's, I got to try to toe the line in the middle and see yeah. both sides. Yep, Rafa. Uh, before, like you know, like um, we kind of started contacting one another about like doing all this. Uh, there's a phrase that I mentioned: uh, we feast with our eyes first. It's um, it's kind of a phrase you see in like food and cooking and things like that. So that just kind of like a little background idea that for people who may not be into foods, they are usually more open to it if it looks presentable, if it looks pretty, right? It, it becomes more palatable for them. And I think the same, very much uh, the same can be made in terms of, uh, of wet shaving uh, and in any other, any line, you know, it's like uh, product design is important, like millions of dollars, you know, companies have departments just for like their labeling and packaging and, and things like that. Um, kind of just wanted to uh, maybe gather like your thoughts, maybe on the, on the consumer, on the consumer side to where like, you know, is there stuff where the design caught your eye first and led to the purchase? And yeah, like, 100%. How, how important is that, you know, in your, in your work? Uh, for me, as a consumer or as the design? Which, both. Both. Okay, so as, as a design, obviously, it's 100%. It means a lot. It, it's, and and, I, and I'll, I'll, I, I say that knowing that when I, especially with my collaborations, I intend for a scent to be enjoyed. And I, and I always try to partner with a great artist with a great base. You know, it's got to be, it's not like, oh, look at this design. It looks really great, but then you get it in your den and you're kind of disappointed with everything. Subjective matters are different. If you didn't like the scent, I'm so sorry. You know, things like that. It's like, well, you can't please at all anyways. But in terms of when, if I have a lot of say with the artisan in the collaboration, I want the design to pop. I want it to be liked and translate my vision. But I also want you to get the soap in your hand and shave with it and be like, yeah, this, I didn't just buy the design. Like, this, I actually like the scent. Or I didn't like the scent, but man, this artisan has an amazing base. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how I do it on the design end. But on the buying end, <clears throat> whenever I do buy things, yeah, 100%. It's got to look great. If someone says, hey, this here's this weird tub that has a weird lip, or if you brush, you, you know, your bush bangs because it's the old school thick tubs, it's smaller, it doesn't line up with the rest of my soap. And the, But the base is incredible. Maybe I'd still get that if it's a scent that I don't have that I've always wanted. Um, but otherwise, I, I'm like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll pass. Let me get something that looks great. That one, because it's part of the experience. Like just like you said, even the shave of the day, taking the joy. Say, oh, when I put this picture, this is awesome, and the colors on this label. If it's just like a plain label, you probably aren't going to be thrilled to set it up and get some lighting and take a perfect picture and put the brush a certain way and use a, and use a certain brush that's a certain colorway to match. You know, you know, people color coordinate the whole shave sometimes. So if the whole thing, <laughs> and that's cool. And, that, and I mean, that's super cool. And if, if it just doesn't appeal to you, it doesn't spark the, the experience where you open it. You're like, yeah, man, that's a cool, that's a cool label. I remember why I bought that. That's cool. You open it and you smell it. And it, it's part of the whole experience. Um, so as a consumer, I also would not buy something that I do not think pops. I think everything, I mean, I don't want to name people. I don't know. I, I mean, I used to talk to Stefan a little bit, but I like everything the Holy Black does. I like everything. I mean, they yeah. got some pros. 
like actual visual marketing pros back over there or yeah, the we, higher we, pro. I don't know. John and I were talking about that like a, I think a while back, you know, um, I don't have any of the Holy Black, Black products, but yeah, like when would they take their, their product photos, when they like packaging, I was just like, man, like the stuff, like this is top tier stuff because it just looks so good. It makes you just like, you know, I just want to grab it, you know, for that reason alone. Yeah, um, definitely. I own a little, owned a, a little bit of the Holy Black. I've never bought one of their big expensive sets. Um, too much money for my pocket. Every, yeah, I, I actually know, just a little quick segue. I actually don't even follow the Holy Black on Instagram. There's a lot of people I don't follow just to not be influenced. Because mm -hmm. it would suck if they come out with something mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, I somehow kind of look, made it look similar. And that's one thing that you hate to happen. But yeah, everything they do is great, in my opinion, right? This doesn't, I'm not an expert or professional, so even that, it doesn't matter. It's all still subjective. Um, would it would it be fair to kind of just like ask you know like any artisans like you are a fan of like their packaging or you're just like man like i really do enjoy their stuff yeah i'll say um i like i like tallow and steel i like the soap i like the base i like their designs um i, I like i said i haven't kept up a lot but i remember liking what like sicily or maya or Kyoto, I think it was. Mm -hmm. Like I kinda like mm -hmm. that clean yeah. uh the look. I like almost you can tell Noble Otter hired someone professional because I like Noble Otter stuff. Um I wish some other stuff was bigger. Like sometimes it's really small in the center, but that's just you know, it's nothing. Um I really like let me see who else do I really like. I should really just I was gonna say flip the Instagram. <laughs> I didn't make a list. I didn't make a list on purpose because I didn't want to I don't, I don't want to like make a list of my favorite. This doesn't mean they're my favorite. Yeah. I almost don't even own any. I only own two talent and steels. I don't, I don't buy some. No, but like to talk about design, you know, and like regarding those two off the top of my head, they have consistent theming, you know, like yeah. with both of them. Like I think talent and steel, they use very much the same like fonts, uh, you know, in, in their packaging. Same thing with Noble Otter. Uh, Noble Otter, you always have um, the otter in the center and it's usually designed around whatever the soap, you know, like is and things like that. There's, there's definitely consistency. And so you kind of know, you know, you kind of just see that line and um, you can follow that thread among all the releases. Yeah. Um, I just want to say, before I forget, Barrister and Man, I like okay. how their stuff looks. Um, it's evolved. It, it, you can see it, it, they either have different artists that do it or teams, or I don't know who, but you can see how it's like, it was okay, and then it got better, and then, like, it's just, it's always evolving, it's always nice, I like that it's not always consistent, I, I like how you have, like, the reserve line, and that has a look, I mean, that stuff is pretty cool, I mean, there's just a lot of people doing really nice things, um, but I also can appreciate someone like Sterling, I do like, I mean, they have a clean template, that has a formula, they'll change the colors, they'll change, the, like, the little icons, if it's I don't know, whatever, for, for needle. I don't know. I mean, that's not one, but they'll change the icons mm -hmm. to match the name or a scent note or a theme with the name. So I can, I still appreciate stuff like Sterling. Like that's just clean retail type of packaging that I can't, I could do, but I don't do in terms of collaborations because it's, you know, I don't have, a, I don't own a line. If I owned a line, I maybe would do something a little bit more across the board. I know Jared, you referenced, 
you asked me about the, did I ever see the British coins? Oh, yeah. I think it was right. Yeah. Or you piece them together and it, it creates pretty much the, a big shield or something. Yeah. Right? To, to kind of like to kind of just like explain that for people that don't know, um, we're talking about design in other outlets and other avenues. And so, um, if you look at British currency, all of their coins um, kind of come together like Voltron and form this like emblem um, of um, of the for the country. And um, you see that a, a lot. Of, you know, it's also in um, Mexican currency in their coins. Uh, um, and so, and I think maybe the, the shaving equivalent of something with consistency. Would be like I don't, I don't like old VHS tapes, which turned into DVDs and now Blu-rays, where the spine will, you know, kind of like you put like ten movies together, and the spines will make like a super image, you know, like to to show either some consistency uh, like that, or um, or just where everything is similar, you know, similarly lined up, similar things like that. I think. Uh, this is just like offhand. I remember uh, I saw it recently, just this week. Um, Game of Thrones released their box set, you know, for all of eight of their seasons. Seven seasons are perfectly lined up, and the text for season eight is like up, like like half a half an inch. And I'm I was triggered. I was I just hate like, that. I'm like, oh, it's <laughs> just it, it would just you know. Why would they this, do that? This is. This is the silliness, folks. So, sorry if this just sounds totally ridiculous. It's not. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's not ridiculous. O- OCD, people who have OCD will totally understand you know, that, that element. Um, but, but yeah, uh, I, I think that, you know, good design is, is maybe something that we don't always think about right away. But when we notice it, you know, it just stands out. I mean, it allows us to, um, you know, it, it, it draws us in, if you will. Yeah, and you better believe that someone or lots of people on that Game of Thrones art team are also pissed about it. I'm sure it's no one's fault, but some weird manufacturing decision somebody made, like, oh, this company would do it for this much. You know what I mean? They'll print these casings for this, the DVDs. That's like the behind the scenes stuff. It's like sometimes I want to do things, and it's if it's not me being a full collaborator or it's my vision. Someone's like, oh, can you do this? I'm like, but that's, that's, that's not how my design was intended. No, no, but I want this, and then I'll do something um, that gets changed or diluted. So I'm pretty sure that's what happened to Game of Thrones, and that's why the last season is a quarter of an, or half an inch off. It's the designer <laughs> who who had that vision is probably pissed and probably threw away all the DVDs and hates Game of Thrones now. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, in terms of who else I like, I mean, I, it's, I, I really like... Uh, that Australian private, uh, no, what's it yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't love. I'm just saying, like, as I was in the hobby throughout the years, that was one I used to be like, oh, that looks pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Or oh, what's that? The, they came out with that's that's that Halloween so bloodbath. Um, no, that's Doctor John, I think. Blood oath. That, Blood that's oath. Jo- right. Blood oath is Doctor John. No. No. Blood, the, I don't know, man. I forget, like, like Phoenix and Bew or something? Or? Oh, oh, Phoenix and Bo. Phoenix and Bo. Yeah. Phoenix and Bo. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that. I mean, they have cool stuff yeah. all the time. Yeah. And, and I'm probably missing tons. I didn't come with a list. I didn't want to uh, yeah, uh, read a list. Quick, quick disclaimer if you have great design and we didn't mention you, if we're not yeah. singling you, we're not Xing you out. We yeah. simply just don't have the memory. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not trying to 
yeah, make it seem like I'm hating or, or, or I don't know. I spoke it to Rod once in my life. Um, I don't know Phoenix and Bo. I don't know Reserve, a private reserve, whatever the heck the other one. Is. Well, I don't know these people. I don't, I don't know Talon Steel. I've never spoken to them, so I'm not saying it for plug purposes. I don't. I've never talked to Will in my life. I just like being M. So good. The art. I don't. I don't yeah, own yeah, it to the no. soaps. So, anyways, before I get a bunch of messages saying, "Why don't you come?" <laughs> All right. So, so yeah, those are just a, a just. Those are just a few off the top of my head. I mean, you know, Lather Bros is another. I love Lather Bros. I love what he does. I love what, um, I don't know his name, sorry, but I love what they do. He, I, I think he does the work. And it's just another inspiration, really, on how something can really pop. He does He does great themes and his, his um, it's just, kind of, I don't know if they're shutting down, I saw, but anyways, um, I love lather bros art and uh those just are a few that just come to the top of my head and anybody can like anything there are other artists and people are coming out with their own themes their own labels and if that's just your thing then that's that's great to you art super subjective so but yeah those just are very few that i can pinpoint from early on in the hobby i don't really know any new artisans per se that much anymore i don't really look too much like i said before so that i'm not influenced all right, guys, uh, one last topic uh, that I want to hit up before uh, we close out the show was um, where would you like to see design as far as in the world of butt shaving? Um, where, where would you like to see that go uh, in this coming year? It could be something big, something small. Uh, one thing I know we talked about uh, that stood out for me was consistency. And even I guess it really links my, my marketing brain can't turn this off, but it's stronger branding, right? So if you have a particular look, um, whether it's like using a template, whether there's some binding factor, I mean, I think that's one way that overall design can improve where it's not a bunch of random, you know, it could be nice pieces, but something that's a, a, a little more tied together, I think uh, it brings up professionality, but it's not a huge step to take, um, I, I think, for whoever's doing the design work, even if it's the artists themselves. So I, for me, that's, that's one thing I, I'd like to see further improvement on. Yeah, it's, it's definitely consistency. I just think it also is almost like a signature for certain things. You know, we had mentioned like uh, Sterling earlier. It's like, I just know when I'm gonna see that green tub like, you know, I don't even have to see the label yet, like, but that, that's, you know, that's like their, their signature, uh, whether it was like Noble Otter, um, you know, when I see the artwork, the fact that you can just post the label art and already generate like hype around like a product release. Yeah, you know, it just, again, it just shows consistency. It shows things like that. And I think you see that everywhere in, in different industries and stuff like that too. It doesn't surprise me that those same elements would seep its way into the wet shaving world and, and whatnot. And I think uh, other artisans are, are gonna be realizing that, just how important that is, because it'll become like part of their, sig their digital signature, their marketing signature. Yeah, I definitely agree with both of you. I, but I do, I do see it as, um, well, <clears throat> just kind of jumping off what you said, I definitely like the universal clean approach, but I think if I was an artisan, I would, I would have that, but I'd have to be diverse. The diversity I would need would be, okay, I have my calling card. I have my look. I like, it's easily identifiable. But then there's nothing wrong with, for a small section of the shaving community who likes 
these one-offs, these, these not, I don't want to say special edition or limited edition, no, but let's call it a one-off. Mm-hmm. It's kind of one-off, the collaborator, he went out and got uh, great artwork from someone, for example, Nobotter does that. They have their template when they do their own like side batches and then they like handwrite in the name. Um, Barrister Man has clean lines, but also they'll come out with the What's It or whatever the Dr. Seuss inspired mm-hmm. release. That's yeah. definitely not in line per se with them. And I, I was once told by an artisan that most of what they sell, you, they, you don't see it in Shape of the Days or people aren't posting it. So we get to see the tip of the iceberg of the hobbyists who are down the rabbit hole, who are on Reddit, who are on Facebook, who are on Instagram, who are posting pictures of their bathroom setup. But there's a vast majority of people who don't do that. Mm-hmm. And what they probably want is a good soap, a good scent. Cool art would be nice, but in general, I, I believe still that the masses want a clean retail looking like design. So I think, I, I, I don't know, I think it will change how artisans start looking at artwork perhaps and that at least if they want that formatted template that at least that looks super clean and it's super eye appealing and they've contracted uh great marketing firms to do this for them you know professionals or whoever wants to do it um so i believe that it will help because if if people are voting with their dollars then like oh good those kind of designs are helping sales um, along with my great base, maybe I should invest a little bit more into the design. But so that's that's where I think I see it going. Where it's 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 going to be it's always this organic beast where it's going to change. It's, it's going to change based on generations. I mean, maybe in ten years, the, maybe more of the old schoolers who don't care about design as much, or you know, the, the different tastes people have, or the type of communities involved, or the area, you know, New York versus California, like it, there's different tastes all around. So I, I don't want to predict what's happening. I have no idea what's going to happen. But what I do know is that it overall, it does help step the game up because as you've seen, if you guys re- referenced yourself, the soap base itself has been stepped up in general. And now it's not three people doing amazing. You can pick from like 15 and they're pretty close. They're pretty, you're not going to be disappointed. So now, well, what sets you apart from those 15 great 90 plus, you know, score according to Ruds, well, Ruds, I love Ruds. Uh, that's the only shout out. Um, so it's, it's, it's just going to go like, well, what else can set you apart? Well, the next logical thing is the packaging because you feast with your eyes, as you said. Um, so in terms of containers, like package, everything, I think it's just, it also shows a respect for the consumer, in my opinion, if you're going to put time and dedication into how everything looks. Now, I get it if you're, if you're a startup artisan, you know, sometimes you can't go full steam ahead, you kind of start an inch away, you know, but I do think it's going to help design of the labels to catch people's eyes. Definitely doesn't have to be my designs. Mine are, you know, very segmented portion of the, of the wedge shaving community that like kind of my stuff. Some people hate my stuff. Some people hate skulls. They're like, what skulls have to do with shaving? What does anything have to do with shaving? What does taking a picture of your razor have to do with shaving? You know what I mean? So it's whatever somebody wants to do um, that makes their experience better. And for the artisan, it's going to be, how can I get more buys? How can I get more clicks? How can I get people more interested in my soap? 
maybe websites start start uh, to get stepped up. Um, that's a big thing. Um, Bill from Murphy McNeil, he has his standard line, but he loves if we do a collab, he likes like, oh, I'm going to pop this and I'm going to have it be a one-off. So things like those, Riley from First Line Shave has theirs. And then we, he honors me with doing a collab and boom, he has one that doesn't look like his line. So I think being able to have the diversity in your, in your arsenal where in your catalog, where you have the template, the standard, a clean retail, a, a feel, and then have one-offs, it just opens you up. It just opens mm-hmm. you up to different tastes, different preferences, and being able to get that base because, as you guys know, it's, it's blind by hobby pretty much for probably 98% of the people. Get that base in their hands first, and then when they go ahead and try it out, they're going to be like, wow, this is great. Now let me check out the other stuff. I don't care what the design looks like. I need that scent. I need that base. So that's kind of not necessarily a prediction, because I can't, you know, it's, it's always organic, uh, how people change and taste and who knows, you know. Uh, but I do believe that it's very important to respect the consumer and try to pop out the best product. So, so yeah, and sometimes there's just hiccups and learning curves and obstacles and printing mishaps and shipping delays. And, you know, so that kind of stuff sucks. But um, I hope, I mean, I'm starting to see myself on Instagram, people trying to raise their shave of the day photography picture came up a little you know just that alone i used to see one or two guys doing these amazing things now a lot of guys have got cool setups so just all of that the visuals and the way you take in information is being stepped up a little bit across the board in my opinion and i think it'll continue but it should never be the main focus at all awesome well th- thanks for sharing your, your thoughts yeah I think especially coming from the design perspective, uh, I was really curious to hear kind of like what you like to see prediction or, or you call predictions or just like trends or whatnot. But I just want to thank you for sharing those. Also, uh, as we're just cl- closing up the show, uh, Rafa, thank you for your time today for, for coming on. Uh, I really enjoyed hearing about how you got into witch shaving and ultimately how you got into this whole design thing. Uh, I really look forward to kind of what projects you have coming out in 2020 and, and for however long you care to do this. I think it'll always kind of catch people's eyes. So as we're signing off, Rafa, where can people find you online and anything you'd like to plug? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Chicano underscore design. And uh, I have nothing. Uh, I really came on here, but it was perfect timing. New year. I have nothing coming up. I have nothing to plug. And that's it. Like, I didn't want to come out here to plug in. I, I literally have nothing. Nothing. I mean, <laughs> things, nuggets and seeds in the back of my mind that are churning and are always churning. But yep. there's nothing really I have to, <laughs> try to sell anyone. I'm not selling anything. No, no worries. But at the, at the very least, check out Rafa's Instagram. You can see um, some of the, the, the labor work that he's done on top of whatever uh, notes, uh, links in the notes I include. And, and Gerard, can you also... Um, uh, let people know where they can find you online. Also, anything you'd like to plug of your own, of your own or otherwise? Um, yeah, uh, hey Gerard Shaves, uh, all one uh, one word. Um, if you're looking, uh, this is Christmas present from my wife, so I showed the guys earlier. Yeah. So hey, hey, just hey Gerard Shaves. Uh, yeah, I, I think in 2020, uh, I mean nothing nothing to plug. Um, you know, we mentioned last time, but I'm just like thankful. Uh, and I'm kind of curious where where this you know whole thing is going to lead us. But any questions, any comments, anything like that, any any anything, uh, please just like drop it in the comment uh, box below uh, on on YouTube or wherever it may be. 
Thank you. So yeah, thank, thank you both. Yeah. Thank you both for uh, letting me be on your podcast. This is the first one I've ever done. Probably will be the last unless you guys have me back. Uh, but yeah, it's just been pretty organic. You guys are really fun. and I like your points of views and can't wait for that episode where you guys disagree on something. <laughs> it'll and it'll happen. Battle it out. Yeah, I'll be <laughs> the mediator on that one. Okay. Well, we, we'd love to have you again, but yeah, we, we do thank you for the time, uh, for your time today. If you guys do want to, for, sorry, for the listeners at home, thank you so much for listening through the episode. If you want to chime in, if you have any questions for Rafa, for myself, or Gerard, you can hit us up on Twitter, uh, at Lather Talk. We also have an email, lathertalkpodcast at gmail.com. So thank you, Rafa. Thank you, Gerard. And thank you, listeners, for your time today. We'll catch you next time. Take care. Thank you for listening to Lather Talk. If you enjoyed the episode, you can help the show by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a five-star review. We appreciate your time and support and hope to catch you next episode.